You're listening to my mom, the real Kathy Lee. She's a hot mess. Hey, you're listening to the real Kathy Lee on the Ultimate Homeschooling Radio Network. Thanks for joining me as I share my mom sessions. It's basically my imperfect journey of motherhood. Be prepared to laugh, maybe cry, but hopefully you're going to be encouraged as I share my failures, successes, and offer some tips I've learned along the way. And remember, you've got this. It's kind of been funny getting this podcast interview. Let's see. We have tried to schedule this a few times. I was sick. We've had some work emergencies. Things happen, but it wouldn't be this podcast if things didn't, you know, be, if they weren't a hot mess. So it is worth the wait for me, and it's going to be so worth your time listening. I have two of the coolest dudes that I know that are with us today. I am so excited to have Mr. S.D. Smith, so formal. He is the author of the Green Ember series. I hope you have picked up these books. Um, I just get excited every time I see the cover, every time I see these guys. Um, We refer to this cool man, S.D., as Sam, so I will call him Sam from this point forward. If you were to Google him, though, you will want to do that, S.D. Smith. His brother, Josiah, is also here. Josiah is a clinical social worker, always helping other people. He's usually counseling me when I run into him at a conference. But welcome, guys. I am so glad you are here. Thank you, Kathy. This is Sam. uh, We've been accused of sounding and, and looking alike. Um, there's one slight difference in the way we look. Though. I'm a lot more handsome. Right, that's going on. Nothing to do with hair. Full, Just keep that out no, of it. Wasn't the full beautiful head of hair that Josiah has in my disgusting bald pate? Uh, that's beautiful, that's beautiful bald. We used to actually, when we both had long floppy hair in high school, we actually there was some uh, there was a particularly one teacher that was that was kind of half blind and she used to, we used to kind of sneak into each other's classes and trade and uh, that was, that was good times. Your English scores improved a lot. Oh man, way, way, way up. <laughs> okay, so who's older? Uh, Sam is older. I'm older. I'm 40 years old and he's just a, he's just a mere child, a pup, a babe, a baby in oh, arms. Oh my goodness. Well, I am afraid I'm going to have to ask for a picture of those days as proof to put up on the show notes of what you guys looked like with your flowy hair. So I think you're going to have to dig in the yearbooks and send us one to put up for everyone to see. Um, I'm quite curious to see Mr. Sam Smith with hair. Okay, so I loved meeting you guys. I'll tell just a little bit about it, and I want you guys to jump in. But I remember when my business partner... Leslie came back from a CRSA conference, and all she could talk about was this author, 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 author that she met, and she just shared her excitement over his work, and um, I think she read your book in five minutes, Uh, well, probably longer than that, because it's a longer book than that, but she just devoured it, and then she just talked about what an amazing man you were, and then your brother, and people you work with, and it was several months later before I had the pleasure to meet you. Do you remember that? Maybe you. I do remember Leslie. She scared me. She was very enthusiastic uh, when she. Uh, that was not too long after the book came out, and, and uh, it was it was a new experience for me to meet someone who was like really enthusiastic about the series. So Leslie was really really encouraging to me, and uh, it was just kind of blew me away. I, was like, I can't believe somebody this this into these stories that these are just little stories I told my kids. So it was kind of a little bit of a of a, of a um, 
taste of, of, of some of what we've experienced with, with the, to me, a bit, a bit of a surprising uh, level of enthusiasm we've seen for these, these stories. And you're so kind to say uh, what you said earlier about us. Um, we're really, really grateful for uh, yeah, Leslie, again, from the beginning was just super encouraging to me, very helpful, immediately was just talking like an ally, like a friend, like, how can we help mm. you get this story out to more people? And you've always been like that, too, and I, I definitely remember meeting you, because Leslie talked so much about you as well, and, and uh, we were just so super excited, we were really excited, turned on to what you guys were doing with kids and thinking about um the sort of the preschool age with, with the homegrown preschool we were just really excited about that idea i was excited to share that with my wife and so we've, we've used your materials in our home and i know decide does as well and and uh so yeah we were just very very thrilled to meet you and you guys have always been just like a uh breath of a breath of breath there a breath <laughs> i'm a writer uh, a breath of fresh air uh every time we meet you guys it's so encouraging you guys enthusiasm and passion for what you do. Okay, this is not supposed to be about us. Enough, enough, enough. Stop. I'm not paying you for all those nice things. I will say it is very late here in Atlanta, Georgia, and so I'm going to keep this moving because I'm tired. And if you know me at all, you know I am not a night person. So I want to hear what you guys have to say about the topic that I want to talk about. We are almost at Father's Day. And when I thought about, okay, I know primarily women listen to my podcast, but I wanted to, I wanted to encourage the dads. I feel like a lot of times we leave out the dads in this homeschooling journey and this, um, even just home parenting. We, so many times I feel like we talk to the mothers. But again, when I thought about, okay, who do I want to have on to talk to dads? I thought of you guys. I thought of the Smith brothers. And there's more than just you two. I know there's several others, but, um, I want to hear, kind of what's all in your heart, and I know you talked about storytelling, Sam, and Josiah, and I would love for you just to spend a few minutes, however many minutes, I will sit and listen and devour it myself, sharing with the dads that are listening and the moms that are listening how you, um, how much you value storytelling and fatherhood and how you see that as something of importance. So I am going to turn it over. I'm going to sit here and just be an audience member for as long as you want to talk. So go. Okay, I'm going to start to say more nice things about you. Um, <laughs> no more. That's one Very way to get her to cut you off. And I start saying nice things about you. She's going to cut you off. If I run out of things to say, I'll. I'll um, yeah, it's exciting to us. I think both of us. I think you are our first kind of the, the first realm of our our calling, the first importance, the first province of the stewardship I feel like that we've been given is, is in our homes. And we're, I think we could probably both say that we enjoy being fathers. I know I've always wanted to be a dad. and, and we, we both we had a very good dad, a very good man who, was, who uh, loved we us. We still have him. We still have him. Yeah, <laughs> we, have him. we have retained him um, for fathering purposes. No, he, he's uh, he's a great man, and we have a good grandfather uh, too, and, and uh, grandfathers, and so we we just we're really grateful. So I, I've always wanted to be a dad. I, I love it, and and it's it's funny that even talking about sort of my vocation as a storyteller, in that the story that 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 um, that I've sh- the first story I ever shared with the Green Ember in that series is really just an overflow of what's happened in our home because those were stories that I told my kids for years. So it's a very natural kind of organic. This, this 
this uh, connection I have to storytelling, and, and it's, it feels still feels strange to me in a way that um, other people would be excited about sort of our little family story. And it kind of feels like we're having people over for dinner and we're sharing like an old family recipe, and uh, they're when they like it, it's like, oh wow, that's that kind of that's that makes us feel good. Um, so it's something that's kind of between me and my kids in a lot of ways, and it's extended to other kids, and it's been great uh, for us. I'm really enthusiastic about that. But I just feel like broader than that, uh, you know, what about for the dad who's not an author, not a writer or anything? How does storytelling connect for them? And I just feel like there are so many ways in which it's valuable. Um, I think literally telling your kids stories is a priceless bonding and educational opportunity. I think it serves kids in so many ways. Primarily, I think for me, it's, it's rooted and it's connected to, to delight like to happiness, to joy. And, and I, I think I never want to lose sight of that. I think we, we talk a lot in terms, in sort of modern scientific enlightenment terms about education, the power of education. And I'm, I buy that. But I think about education sort of as a way of living life, like not just as a sort of like a, an accumulation of facts or like to become a better sort of cog in the factory or whatever. I believe it as, as a way to make us feel alive. And honestly, that's something that Josiah talks about a lot um, when, he, when he talks to me, when he, you know, he, Kathy joked about him uh, doing therapy when he's uh, when he's at these conferences, but he, you know that's what he does for me. And really, it's about connecting me to my own story in a lot of ways. But but I think primarily for kids, just telling them stories, it's a way to delight them. It's a way to serve them. I think it's important. You don't have to make up your own stories. I think that's that's super cool if you can. But there are so many great stories, so many great levels, and so many resources now. So people like the Read Aloud Revival with Sarah McKenzie. You know, she can just put you up with them great book list uh, right away that you can just go right to as a dad. And, um, Julie Solander, a friend of ours at StoryWorn, um, which is something I'm a part of, uh, she has this wonderful Books for Boys, and, and she's working on a Books for Girls thing. So there's just all kinds of great resources for, for dads. So read stories to your kids. That's a, a way to delight them. But it is educational as well. Um, it shows them love. It feeds their souls, I think, with, with, with opportunities for virtue. It's spiritually and emotionally healthy does educate them. There's all kinds of research about what reading aloud does for kids' brains and, and, and uh, more than their brains, I think, for their souls. I think it's like food for the souls. Author Andy Wilson, he, he talks about that as stories are soul food. They're like catechisms for your bones. It goes down deep. Stories stories get at our affections in a way nothing else does. And I think they shape us really, really powerfully in, in a lot of ways. So I think, I think just reading the kids is Super, super powerful sharing stories with them. I think it develops. Yes, I'm uh, such a big fan. Sorry to interrupt you for two seconds, but I'm such a big fan of just making memories and making those mm-hmm. moments count. And I know as I am out talking to parents and I ask questions about their own childhood and what memories they have, and always it's the everyday moments that meant mm-hmm. the most. And I always think of storytelling as an everyday moment. I mean, it is something that we often get into a routine. Just last night I was with my 11-year-old, and he wanted to tell stories, and I was making up some story about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar because Henry's a crazy basketball fan, and so I'm making up this story. And and he was just like, Mom, that was the best story. That just calmed my – and he said, that calmed my soul. He used those words. And I just thought, oh, he was having a nervous night, and – just talking about something he loved and so connecting things they love already they're interested in with their mom sharing their their dad sharing that 
it's powerful. It's I think it's probably one of the most powerful things we can do as parents. So, okay, keep going. Sorry. Well, <laughs> I got excited. Because I, I feel like one other thing I think that ties in so much to uh, sharing stories with our kids is when you really engage a story, it forces you to see the world from someone else's perspective. Mm. It forces you to get outside of your own world, your own experience. And that's the pathway to, to being empathetic. And I think if there's one thing that I think sometimes we see a lack in our society today is kids who really are willing to um, understand what it's like for someone else, what other people's experiences are like. And I think a story that you can engage with your kids really gives them a pathway to empathy. And it can help them to be able to form emotional intelligence. And I just feel like the, the more that's engaged and shared as a family, uh, as fathers, I think we can do that. And I think uh, we'll walk in that, that path with our kids and help them develop empathy. And, and I feel like this is Sam again, but I feel like that's exactly right. I think that's powerful for me as an adult to, to be able to read a story from another point of view character who's not like me. <laughs> and yet, I am inhabiting their perspective, and I'm seeing it. You know, it's, it's the sort of the living out of the kind of walk a man, well, you know, walk a mile in a man's shoes, that kind of thing. And and I feel like it's I feel like it's super important. But like you said too, that, that it's a shared adventure. And I, and I I don't know, I'm I'm the kind of a person who kind of believes that like fictional characters are are sort of real <laughs> in a way because they're real to us. Like it's a real, it's a real experience. You talked about having a shared experience, and so, so when you you read the the Hobbit or the Lord of the Rings to your kids, like you go, you go there to to absolutely, and you, go, and you go together, and and so and you form the kind of bond that people who go on trips form. I mean, it's not exactly the same, um, but it's it's a, a lot emotionally, it's a lot the same. So you're going through, you're going to Mordor with Samwise and Frodo, and, and you're there. And when you have those shared memories, so many people talk about um, that as, like you said, looking back on the childhood. What's what? What did you do? You remember what these shared adventures we had, and some of that, uh, some of those richest, richest experiences can be in in the realm of storytelling. And I, so I, I feel like all that's true. And but I, I think the most important to me, more important than, than, than anything else I can think of, storytelling. But I think it, storytelling can really connect us to me. It connects us to so much of parenting is about do's and don'ts, you know, kind of inevitably. Not just not just negatively, but like you kind of have to to like keep kids alive. You know, you have to at some point you have to say no. Like you can't you can't run out and trap or you can't you know eat poison. Like you have to, and you and you, and it's important to be able to say no and yes that kind of thing. And of course, I, I love the the quote. Of, I can't remember. I heard it from Peter Lightheart first, but he said that. Uh, you know, let there be a tree of no in your garden of yes. Mm. As, as in, you know, let the yeses overwhelm uh, the no's. But the no's have to be there. I know you're you're a big believer in, in saying yes. And, uh, <laughs> I was going to say, now you're really speaking my language. I know my kids, they, from the time I think they could say anything, I was the yes mom. And that's what they would even tell their friends. Oh, I had the yes mom. <laughs> that's what they would call me. I thought that was about the coolest compliment, that I was the yes mom. Um, but you are right. There are times that we have to say no. It is for all of our well-being to say no to some things. Um, but but when we can say yes and when we can say why not versus why 
And I think that's especially important when it comes to storytelling or sitting down and reading a book. Why not? Why can't I read that for the 200th time to a toddler, Good Night Moon, you know, something simple? And then why can't I reread The Hobbit? Or why can't I reread The Green Ember for 10 times? I mean, why not? Why not? I think it's powerful. It says powerful things to our children that we are willing to invest in them that way. Well, I feel like that's what you that's what you do, and that's who you are, and that's one of the things that's so attractive about you and Leslie and what you guys are doing, and it's so encouraging to us as parents and, and just as people that, that you're that that's your attitude, and, and that comes across in everything. It's like let's let's do this, and it's very positive, and you know we need that because you know as you know, parenting parenting's tough and it's discouraging uh, at times, and. Um, but, but so there is there is all that. There's a lot of do's and don'ts that kind of thing. That's unavoidable. Um, you, you you can't do this. You can't do that. There's a lot of kind of figuring out. But you know I feel like what storytelling does is storytelling is about meaning. I think it connects us in a lot of ways. I mean it's it's about seeing a plot and um, and I think seeing that the characters they do a certain thing because of what kind of a character they are, and so that it connects us to kind of like. I don't know, like the moral imagination. And I, I just feel like that nothing quite does that, like storytelling. And I think this quote, I've got a quote here from, from Alistair McIntyre, and I think this sort of gets at the heart of this, this thing I'm trying to, trying to uh, express. And he says, I can only answer the question, what am I to do, if I can answer the prior question of what story or stories do I find myself apart? Mm. And I feel like what's important to... I think what's important for us to know is that story precedes, like, uh, action or commands. I think even even in uh, even in scripture, which is, is important to us, you know, that, that there was that there's a, there's an identity that precedes even commandment. So there's a story, like for instance, for the children of Israel, there's the there's this there's this narrative that you know, I'm the God who brought you out of Egypt. Like this is who you are. You're my people, and then therefore do this. It's not just do this, uh, you know, disconnected from a story. It's connected to a story. Uh, and, and I feel like that's really important uh, for me in my own life, being connected to sort of a big story, a big-ass story, that um, I'm, I am this kind of person because Jesus died and rose from the dead. That's, that's a big narrative in my life. And so I, I am this kind of person because of that. It's rooted in that story. But... Beyond that story, I think that that's a that's a climax kind of a history sort of story. But but I feel like the stories that we love they shape who we are. We get to see um, villains and heroes, and we get to say like, well, what kind of a person am I? So I think story precedes and informs meaning. Like it, it 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 makes us it clarifies I think our identity in such a way that we then know what to do. And I feel like for a kid like. Knowing, you know, kids that come out, come out yelling, you know, why, 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 uh, and asking questions about things. And I think that's that can be further challenging for parents. But I think if we know who we are, then the, then the what to do follows a lot easier than if we are just kind of saying, no, just don't do that. Mm-hmm. No, don't do that, and do this. You know, this we do this kind of thing because we're these kinds of people. And I would say. Well, Oh, you sorry, go ahead. Kathy, I mean, no, no, you go ahead. You know, I would just jump in and say that process happens uh, at different, in different ways at different ages for different kids. And I think 
part of, I think, being a father and even a mother is connecting with kids where they are. So maybe if it's a toddler, part of the story time is more, uh, it's going to be a lot different. You're going to be more redirecting when there's problems. You're not going to necessarily be as didactic. You're going to be shaping that in a different way than as they age and you're more walking with them through, through a difficult time. And I think stories can help kind of be a glue in that process of meeting kids where they're at. And I think story times when they're younger, helping parents know they're going to be short. I mean, you're not going to have a toddler sit and listen to, you know, a story for 30 minutes or an hour or an hour and a half. It's going to be short. You're just getting them in the habit, though, of that connecting with you. Maybe it's more – it's going to be physical connection, physical connection too, in those early years. They're going to be climbing on your lap. They're going to be climbing on your head. You know, they're going to be all over the place. But then you're getting them in the habit of just coming together where we are creating this time of story. And then as they get older, they'll be able to sit longer and tell – you know, those more in-depth stories that have deeper meanings that you can, you know, unpack with them. So I think it does grow, just like you said, just like it grows with them um, as they grow emotionally, as they grow spiritually, as they grow cognitively, those stories are going to develop even more. Yeah, that's so so true. I find my experience with my kids when they're, um, my youngest is four now, and uh, every night without fail, her words to me are, Daddy, can you come pray with me and give me something to think about or tell me a story? Every uh, night, it's the same yeah. thing. It's kind of become a rhythm that that's what I do. I'll, I'll, I'll pray with her um, and I'll either give her thoughts or something uh, that she can kind of dwell on as she's falling asleep or tell her a story. And, and I think that that's just become part of her normal expectation, I think that it's different than maybe with, with older kids, that I think um, those rhythms and those, those ways that this, those process, the process of, of developing our imagination and helping her uh, to, um, you know, fill her mind with things that are, that are going to cultivate that imagination. I just think, uh, you know, anything that we can do as, as fathers, mothers, parents to, And I think with that, as you give them thoughts and tell stories, I also think what it does, it gives them permission to start daring to dream who God wants them to be. I think often we feel we have to be in this box, and I think as as we tell stories and as we see these adventures and hear these adventures, it gives us permission to say, huh. That could be me. I wonder what God might have for me, where if we didn't hear those stories, we might not ever allow ourselves to go there. So I think we really are giving our children permission to take risks and leaps and go for it when we create that type of environment and cultivate that type of space for them. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I think that's that's so true. I think in the same way that kind of travel – you know, we, we, were, we were missionary kids growing up, so we, we traveled uh, with our parents. We lived in Africa as, as kids, and uh, I think that opened up our eyes in a way that, that um, had we stayed, you know, where, where we lived our whole life, it would have been different. We had a different good kind of experience, but this was, a, this was unique for us, and I think it helped us to it enlarge our capacity to see and appreciate different kinds of people, different cultures. Mm, and I think and that's I, so you know, powerful. And I think you can do that with reading. 
maybe that would replace going other places, but I think you really do, like I said, I think you really do crowd, you really do inhabit other characters. Um, so I think it's, it's really, really powerful. And what, and what you guys are talking about, too, is you're talking about curation, that, that you're a curator for what your kids um, consume as a kid. You know, and I, that's always so scary. I think it's scary for me because I think, oh, there's so much, there's toxic stuff that I really don't want my kids exposed to. That's like, that's real, but you can kind of go crazy on that end. And there's, there's stuff that's sort of safe for the whole family and kind of a, what I would consider kind of a dangerous way. It's, it's so stale and, and, um, and maybe even just like, uh, it's just like a, a tool to kind of teach kids something instead of like, instead of a story really to delight them. So I feel like there's, there's these kind of poles on, on other sides, opposite sides that are really, I think, challenging to navigate for, for parents, even for parents who care. You can see like, oh yeah, I see there's a value in storytelling. I see there's a value in stories and the imagination, but, but I'm just, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I feel, and that's part of the reason they started Story Warren. Um, was, and you can check out storywarren.com. It's kind of a, a resource for parents who are kind of, I don't know, in the trenches who are like, I, I care about this. I see the value, but I'm not sure what to do. Um, and we just wanted to kind of be an ally to parents who are, who are going through that. Be- because you are, we, we're, we're the curators. That, that, that little, you know, besides little, little girl and my little girl is exactly the same way. And it's just like an intense hunger. That you rightly say, Kathy, that, that we are, we're cultivating something. We're, we're giving them an appetite. We're giving them a taste mm-hmm. for something that they can, that they can get to Odysseus. You know, they can get to the Odyssey at some point, but they're not ready right now. And, uh, you know, they can go up to, they can get to Robin Hood and, uh, they can, uh, you know, pretty, pretty quickly. And, and then they can graduate on and on. And, and this appetite for like, for these deep, stories that have shaped civilization uh, can, can be appreciated. But we do have a world that's like got so many options and there's so many opinions and so many different resources that it can be overwhelming for parents, right, to figure out how to navigate that. Yeah. And I just want to So where, where do you suggest they start? Because I think there's going to be a lot of people listening to this and now they're going to have an appetite to go and do it. But just like you said, they're going to be like, okay, I'm clueless. So if you've got a dad listening to this right now, guys, where do you tell them first book, first resource, where do they go? Is it StoryWarn? Where? You tell me. Yeah, I feel like StoryWarn is a really good is a really good resource. Um, okay. And I think there's there's another one called StoryFormed um, that Sarah Clarkson, a friend of ours, uh, yeah. she started, and uh, that's being kind of that work's being carried on by some other friends, and I think they're fantastic. StoryFormed. I think it's storyform.com, storywarren.com, W-A-R-R-E-N, storywarren.com is a, is, a, is a good resource. I really think so. We, that, that was the whole purpose of us starting that was to, was to be an ally to parents who are like, I don't know what to do. Um, and, I, yeah, I feel like there are better people than us to kind of – there are so many curated, um, well-curated book lists and that kind of thing just, just, as, just as suggestion points. And I mentioned earlier the Read Aloud Revival. Sarah McKenzie, um, she's a she's a treasure and just like a the gold standard I think for for parents who are eager to share stories with their kids. Um, I will put all of that on the show notes. I'll put all those websites and links so that someone's listening they can go there and find that. All right, we are approaching Father's Day, so what's maybe a piece of advice you each have that you wish someone would have told you about fatherhood before you took on this journey? Or just anything in general that you want to say to the newer dads out there, because you guys are, you know, all experienced now. What's a piece of advice you want to share? This is Josiah. I would uh, just share 
from my own personal experience, one of the, the I, I always dreamed about what it would be like to be a father. And I, you know, love being with kids. Even from a young age, I was always um, willing to help out with younger kids. And, and I, I think one of the things that happened for me is I, I put a lot of pressure on myself to be a perfect dad. And so I was working so hard, especially when my uh, oldest was born, uh, who's now 11. And um, I just felt like, obviously, I'm still, I'm still early in the process. But I think in those early years especially, I was very hard on myself. And I was very, I probably translated that somewhat to him and to my wife, uh, who is a, a wonderful nurturer. And, but I would say for, um, for, for young dads, I would say, um, you're not going to have it figured out. And parenting is a humbling experience, but there's so many opportunities to allow our kids character and allow their personality to come out. And I think we can shape that a lot better when we're not tense and reacting to everything that's happening, but we're more apt to allow the tension or the problem or whatever is going on with our kids to, to sort of be present and to just show up to that rather than go after fixing everything right away. Sometimes we need a little patience and a little bit of um, graciousness first with ourselves, and then I think that translates uh, to to kids, so I think that would be a piece of advice that I would um, wish that I would have maybe grabbed a little earlier. I love that. I think that wow, that's good stuff. I think that's going to help so many, so many of us. I think moms, we deal with the same thing. We we are scared to get it wrong. We mm-hmm. we are scared that we are going to mess them up. And so Josiah, just so you know, my answer always is, well, that's why we will always have therapists. <laughs> yes, we, probably, we probably will mess them up. All right, Sam, what you got? Well, my advice is just make sure you get everything right. <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> don't mess it up. Don't, right? you know, these, these are human beings. Don't mess anything up. Um, <laughs> no, I, I think I think that's really good advice. You can see why I keep this guy around. Um, I think for me, two things, it's related to what we've been talking about, but uh, two words would be like imagination and ritual. And the, the one thing is I feel like keep aiming. I mean, base hits are awesome, uh, but you can get a base hit while you're trying to hit a home run. And I think it's it's good to try. I think you talked about earlier, you know, the, the, the stories, the power stories to, to give kids the idea that they can be kind of anything, they can do anything, that sort of thing. They can jump into uh, an adventurous calling for their life um, to kind of pour themselves out and, for, you know, for the needy, for, 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 the, for where the world is hurting, uh, you know, that they, they can have a, we have this imagined capacity. And I think as parents, we can, we can, I think it's important to connect kids to imagination. It's important to connect them to the big picture, to the big story. And so I feel like every chance you can, uh, I think it's important to, to recognize that we're human beings, that we're not um, just like workers or just students or just learners or just eaters or, or just players, or, you know, that we are human beings, that we have a soul, that we that we long for the for beauty, for the eternal. So I think it's important to sort of be connected to those big 
the big idea of imagination. Uh, I think imagination grows our capacity for appreciating sort of, you know, beautiful things and, and big things, big ideas. Um, so I, I feel like instead of just being functional, uh, being connected to, to, to something deep and profound, uh, where, when we can, and, and just making little connections, whether through music, through stories, um, through religious observance, those kind of things. I think those, those things are important to us as human beings. Uh, Antoine de Saint-Exupéry, he said, uh, if you want to build a ship, don't drum up the men to gather wood, divide the work, and give orders. Instead, teach them to yearn for the vast and endless sea. So I feel like it's important for us to, to, to give our kids a vision that goes beyond just function, if that makes sense. You know, that, Absolutely. That, that we think about, I often think about the illustration of, of the, um, the inside of the refrigerator and the outside of the refrigerator, that, that on the inside of the refrigerator we have food, and we need food technically. We need food to survive. Like scientists can tell you, you have to have this amount of calories is right. You have to drink water. Like that's a that can be a functional thing. That's the inside. Of it. But we're we're also outside of the refrigerator people, and that's where you put the art that your kids make. You know, you put that up there because that's the kind of people we are. We love beauty. We're not just about function or survival. We we have icing on our cake because we because we have taste buds, and that's, it goes beyond just survival. And I think it's important to, that we sort of see a bigger picture there as parents, and that we stay connected to just more than just like getting through the homework and the routine and the practice and that kind of thing. We're connected to these things. That can be intimidating too, and I think baby steps, like you said, small portions, and I think that gets to that second world of just ritual. Aristotle said that you are what you continually do. Excellence, therefore, is a habit. So I think we, we are what we continually do. I think, like you said, just a routine, just a routine of just every day you do one, one thing. It can be small, baby steps, whatever. Um, you know, if you looked at our home, we're very ordinary guys. Like we, we have the same struggles everybody else does, and, and it's, it's a challenge for us to say yes to show up to, to, to these things with our kids. But you know, one walk, one walk a day, uh, one story a day. Uh, you know, whatever you, whatever we need to start with, um, take that one step. Don't try to eat the whole elephant, you know, in one big gulp. You know, just try one bite at a time, one little thing, one new habit. If, you know, if, it's, if there's a dad out there that's like, oh, this feels overwhelming. He's this guy that wrote, he wrote a book, and he, of course, he's doing it. Just, don't think like that. Do just one habit, one little habit. You know, that's the same thing I do is, is just try to think, what's one thing I can do to connect my kids with uh, their imagination, like to, to grow their, to cultivate their capacity for, for their imagination? You know, what, what can I do um, to love them in this way? And just one thing. So I think imagination and ritual, those two things. I love those. And and I'm always amazed, and I know you'll say the same thing, is I think so many times we get caught up in that it has to be this big effort. And really our children, they're so happy. Sometimes if we will sit and read a, for five minutes or tell, you know, sing one song or snuggle or, you know, tuck them in the bed and look them in the eye and not a, at a device, it, I'm amazed that sometimes – how little time it really does take to fill up our kids and and I'm ashamed to be honest that I that I don't give them enough of that time but but often I think I get overwhelmed and oh they might need three hours of reading no they really 15 minutes you know if you can only give them 15 minutes of reading aloud give them 15 minutes that will do amazing things in their lives so I think baby steps being present all of that is such great advice um 
I knew you would be rock stars at this topic, so I'm so thankful that you joined me. I, Josiah, since you're the manager dude, why don't you let everyone know where they can find Mr. Smith and all his amazing works and connect with him online and um, stalk him and all the things that will happen because <laughs> everybody's going to be curious about you guys and the wonderful work you do. So I'll let you share all that. Yeah, thank you so much for having us, Kathy. It's uh, been a pleasure to talk with you. And uh, Sam's uh, one way you can obviously his website is sdsmith.net, and we do have a web store there on um, on on his website where folks can pick up his books. They're also available at Amazon.com, and at Amazon they have uh, the Kindle version as well as Audible. Um, you can pick up the, the, the um, audiobook, audiobooks of his, his books there. Great way to stay connected with him is on Facebook. He has an author page, which is facebook.com forward slash sdsmithauthor. Um, that's a great way where he's always sharing um, you know, part of this journey. And sharing art from kids and, and events he's speaking at. Um, Instagram uh, is another place that you can um, you can stay connected. If you're an Instagram person, it's the Green Ember official. Um, so those are some ways you can you can be connected. And again, I think you hear it in Sam's um, when he shares his heart is to serve families and started with his own and starts with his own and it's just trickled on uh, a little beyond that and then it's uh, it's just continued to, to grow and it's, uh, so thankful for the chance even to be with you, Kathy, to, to share a little more about, um, yeah, for, just to, to, to continue to reach out to, to new folks and to, for him to be able to share uh, the work that, that he's, he's passionate about. Um, it's been such a pleasure, and I, I have to just say I love being at conventions with you guys and walking by your booth and watching you both interact with your fans, with families. It is powerful to watch. You really are ministering to so many people, to the dads, to the kids, and and I get so excited because souls are being stirred and hearts are being changed. And so thank you for what you do for impacting. I know you will have impacted many by this talk tonight and I hope you have a wonderful Father's Day. So I appreciate you guys being with me. Thank you so much, Kathy. Thank you, Kathy. We're big fans of yours. Oh, thanks so much, you guys. Talk to you soon. All right. You've been listening to The Real Kathy Lee. This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschooling Radio Network. To find out more, check out therealkathylee.com. You can download us every Friday on iTunes or your favorite app to listen to the podcast. Hey, if this hot mess can rock motherhood, so can you.